welcome to the first ever episode of Diversity and Inclusion Ally Roundtable. This DHL Global Forwarding podcast brings together on the same virtual roundtable our board members and employees to better understand the different diversity dimensions, explore allyship and talk about the differences that ultimately bring us together. The theme of this episode is equity and together with our guests we explore how equity goes beyond equality by giving everyone varying levels of support and resources necessary for the people to succeed. From our management we have with us Tim Sharwat CEO of DHL Global Forwarding Freight and Harm Oten EVP Human Resources at DHL Global Forwarding Freight. They are accompanied by two employees who represent DHL Global Forwarding Freight in the Deutsche Post DHL DNI core team, Andrea Geraldo Tabares, Global Manager Employer Branding, Social Media and Employee Communication, and Mary Oxley, Regional Sector Head, Consumer and Retail Asia Pacific. No, the word equity, you know. Yeah. The new yeah. word, everybody's using that now. And I think if you ask 10 people about what equity means, you get 10 answers. Correct. So I can only give you my view on that. And, and mm-hmm. so equity is very close to equality, but it's different. For me, equity is uh, giving everybody the same opportunities to be successful. So it doesn't mean you treat everybody the same on, on all kinds of ways. It's, it's mm-hmm. building a way, a platform or a way of doing things that everybody gets a chance, to, mm-hmm. no matter what. And then, you know, you get, no matter your age, your gender, whether you're digital, whether you're old or young. Um, mm-hmm. And that shouldn't play, there, there is a place for everyone and making sure that everybody gets the same chances to be successful. I think that's the main task mm-hmm. for us because we cannot hold hands of everyone, but we can make the structures for that. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, <clears throat> equity is a, is, a, is a new word, and it's probably something else which which also helps us to be better in getting into a more diverse organization. And I think with equity, it's all about fairness. And with equity, it's also about making sure that we support every individual, no matter where he's from, which gender, what he thinks about in life, in that way that he becomes successful. In the past, I think it was also important that the structure of forwarding, the understanding of processes, be it in, in countries or be it also how the how our network works, is something that probably had to be exported from parts of Europe into the world. But nowadays, this is not just today, it's probably also, I would go maybe 10 years back, that changed totally. You need local knowledge, you need to be able to communicate and understand local desires and, 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 and things, how people want to develop their lives, and you need to support that. And if you support that in the right way, you're successful. And I think from my perspective, I think it's really important to recognize that equity really is the path to true equality. So I think, Harmony, and what you shared, that there are differences across the organization, um, you know, cultural differences. I think we as a business is recognizing um, that everybody is different, you know, be it, you know, their, their gender, their physical disabilities, etc. But then, you know, what can we do as an organization? And as you said, equity has really come into the DNI play quite recently. And I think many organizations are really trying to understand how do they bring it fairly into the business, but really understand it and communicate it effectively. And I think there's certain different things that we can, you know, maybe do as an organization, be it adopt some of our policies. 
so that we can obviously provide more opportunity for individuals. Um, if, for example, and I know one that we have embraced quite recently, and certainly because of the pandemic, but to have more flexibility, and that means potentially flexibility. If an individual potentially has a disability or needs to work from home or has an illness, enabling them to work in a flexible work environment still enables them to work from home and deliver on the role. I'm quite interested, Tim, from your perspective, you know, to, to understand, um, you know, probably your sense of the difficulty to have a fully diverse board. Um, you know, interested in your perspective around kind of more women engagement into those senior roles in the future. If, if I look at the if I look at the um, succession planning of the global forwarding board, there are few women on those lists, which will be the next or which can be the next participant in the global forwarding board. The question, of course, is what do we do with the existing gentlemen in the board at the moment? And as I always say in these discussions, I'm not going to kill someone for someone else if, they, if the people do a good job. But mm -hmm. as we have plans for everyone, I think it's clear that we will also see much more movement in that direction. If you look at, our, if you look at the programs that we have, two, two very important facets. One is our shift of a gear program, which we we focus very much on finding out where our potentials are for a great P2H. Mm -hmm. um, and we're drilling this down into the organization now, making sure that regions and countries are co-responsible with target settings on that. Mm -hmm. um, that's a very important one, and we've identified close to 200 female potentials in that area for these grades. And they're mm -hmm. all the second one is that we make sure in all our talent programs, mm -hmm. we have a pre-selection, and we make sure that's a 50-50 share. So that also changed the way we bring, we bring at least females forward in that area. I think that's an important one as well. Something that I would like to add is that I think we as well focus a lot on the gender topic, even though I'm a woman and I, of course, of course I'm alive for, for my gender. I think as well we need to acknowledge that there is certain diversity in the board. I mean, we still have different cultures, nationalities. I think there's still even a generation that we can highlight. So I think that as well brings certain diversity uh, to how you guys work, take decisions. I don't know that we have still like a Latin America, someone's representing Africa. I don't know, like Mary, I think clarify that we as an Australian uh, leading an American right. region. So I think it's like, yes, I think the gender topic is important. Of course, I would like to see like as a as an employee, we like to see some like women in the board. But as, as well, I want to acknowledge that I believe it's important those other components of diversity that are still in, in our DGF board. And I think they make a difference on, on how we take decisions, how people feel connected with the, with the leadership, because it doesn't mean only that I feel connected to women. No. I might feel connected to this leadership style or this person because of certain nationality. I think that's true. And, like, and I acknowledge that point as well. Um, and I think it's necessary. And you also see that in the diversity of the communication that comes through. Um, you know, from different board members. And I think that's, you know, what do employees want? Employees want to have communication that they can relate to. If they can relate to it, then it's easier for them to be able to communicate effectively within their teams as well. So I think that's key. So I agree with you. Sorry, over to you, Tim. No, I was just 
Look, I want I want to say that I'm I'm, I'm most extremely happy with the diversity that we have at the board today, and I think also that we are discussing discussing this now with the with the move from Nicola to a greater role, but it does also show a bit that the other part of the diversity was not seen so much is not seen so much by the audience or by the organization, which also shows again how important it is that it's clearly understood how we set up a board and who's part of it, and I think also. Yeah, and I think, and I can only relate to my past, the, the 24 years I worked for another company where the where the board was not as diverse as this board is, and there is a big difference. And I see it every day in working together. And we, as the as as, uh, as the board, together with the with the regional CEOs, we communicate and speak every second week for at least an hour. And the, and to have the discussions the way we have them, and to have a trustworthy environment, is also really important. And is a, from my point of view, one of the key success factors of of the organization and brings us where we are today and how, and how we do things today. So maybe we move to the next question that is maybe a, a bit more personal on understanding, I think, yeah, on like personal experiences related to diversity or something that made an impact on us. So for me personally, I think there was one real defining moment um, and it was where a male ally stood up um, and used his voice, you know, and I think it was, it made such a huge difference for me personally in my career. I was a young professional, started in a new industry, logistics industry, quite male dominated. I was really keen to kind of grow and develop my role, career in sales, um, but I faced many obstacles and roadblocks along the way, you know, and I felt from a gender perspective that my male counterparts didn't experience the same. So, you know, where I worked, I had a very open-door policy. I approached a senior business leader one day, and, you know, and I was quite distressed about it because I really enjoyed my job. However, I didn't want to lose the opportunity to still continue, um, you know, to continue to enjoy it. So, you know, that conversation that I had that day really was a pivotal conversation and a redefining moment in my career because this was somebody, you know, and then the result of it, he appointed a mentor, that mentor really was the start of my journey 21 years later, and still with the organization. Um, so it was a really good success story. But what it's made me realize is that we also need to give our voice to others. We need to step up and help, remove obstacles, and be it the stereotypes, the advice that exists, conscious, consciously, unconsciously, um, and try and be there, you know, and be a voice for somebody else. I think uh, for me, like something that changed in terms of diversity, that of course I grew up in Colombia, so it was always surrounded by Latin Americans, let's say, and I grew up in a family that is very female dominated. So that means women take the lead of the family, of the money, <laughs> of everything. But the only moment that I think I acknowledge what being different meant was when I moved to Mozambique. Because not only because of my color, of course, I was uh, different, but I never understood what meant to be different until I arrived there. So what meant uh, for people to see you, for kids to touch my hair, uh, for being the person that I spoke uh, with a different accent, for people even recognizing Colombia, of course, from the bad perspective. So I think that it was kind of the trigger in my experience when I saw that many people go through that every day. Like being different is, is something that people go through because of, I don't know, from, from gender identity or because of a nationality or race or even religion. But I never saw it because, of course, I was in a very familiar context living all my life. But in that moment was when I said, like, okay, maybe I really need to be more aware of what does it mean 
to be different and can how can I advocate for those that sometimes maybe don't have a voice or don't feel uh, confident enough to say the things aloud. So I think that was kind of that, like the trigger on when I became an advocate, I was okay, this can be like a purpose that I can bring into everything that I do. One thing that I, has always stuck in my mind was uh, I was working for another company in the Netherlands and we had a large portion of contract logistics as well. And one of the value-added services we were supposed to deliver was a production line of a very short term, a production line for value-added services. And um, we were not able to find the right people for that. The people were leaving us, they didn't like the work, it wasn't paid very well, and we were just looking for agency to agency to agency. We came in touch then with uh, an institution that uh, brought people with a, I don't know what the real, what the right word is, but who were mentally handicapped, <laughs> and uh, they were not they were not that productive, they said, um, uh, but if we would like to give that a shot. So uh, we gave that a shot, and we got a group of people doing that production line, and, and they had all kinds of handicaps, but they were limited in, in thinking. What turned out is that group of people had a sickness rate of zero because they loved what they were doing. They got the same dress as we, or had the same uniform or the same work clothes. They got to eat in the canteen with all of the others. They became part of that family. And the others, us, normal people, were starting to see this group of people not as being different, but as being part of the company. And they were happy every day. They came to work every day. We had, uh, there were no people leaving. Um, so this helped the company uh, forward. It helped others to see that there is a place. If you find the right opportunity for those people with their competencies, there's a place for them. And as far as I know, they're still doing that process, uh, or that company, or that group of people. Some of them are now working there for 20 years. So in an extremely happy way. So if you open your mind or get the chance to open your mind to possibilities like this, especially now with a digital opportunity, people don't have to come to the office, like you said, Mary. You know, you can have, you can have blind people doing stuff. You can have uh, people uh, who are disabled who don't have to go to the office. I still do the digital job. There are so many opportunities, but you need to see them. Or maybe somebody, somebody helps you see it. But that was something that sticks right. with me still, and I'm still proud of that. So I, 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 can share, I can share two things, but I think the, the one which really changed my life upside down was when I was, it's a bit, because when I was 17, my father had a very bad stroke. That's 30, 30, 39 years ago now. And uh, the doctors at the time said, your father's not going to make this because the stroke was so severe. And we lived on a, we lived at the time, and my father was in the German Navy. We lived on an island in the Northern Sea. There was a storm at the moment, so we couldn't get off the island. He was in a little remote, remote little hospital there at the time. And then after two days, the doctor from the German forces said, we have to fly this man out to a larger city, which then happened also during the storm, so that everything. <clears throat> but the thing is, if you live in your, if I lived my normal life, and I was very fortunate. My, my, my family, my, my, my father's alive today. My mother takes care of him. But then to suddenly in your early, in your early years, when you 
I was still at school at the time, when someone really close to you, and my father and I got along very, very well, and he was really important for all the things that did it to them, um, suddenly isn't the man he used to be, and you have to see him in a total different way. That opens your eyes for people who have a, not the fortune to live a whatever a normal life is, but have a situation in their life that really changes their life. And I saw the support that he got from his employer, which was the German Navy at the time, but how long they made sure he kept staying on the payroll, how much training, how much courses. They really tried hard to get him back into, in, in, into the job, which, if everyone was honest, everyone knew would not happen because it was just too devastating what happened to him. But, but he lived a very happy life afterwards. But that opened my eyes for everyone. And if, people, and if I read today, for example, that someone, well, if you read there was a bad accident on the streets, for example, and you know that bad accident is easily said, and you, and you don't know exactly what happened, but you do know that there is something there which changes someone's life. And that opened my eyes in that direction since then. And it's been, it's been with me, and you see things just in a, in a totally different way. And, and, and that's, I think, what, what, what changed my way of thinking and also makes me support mm -hmm. people and, 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 and organizations in, in different ways to make sure that people, when they have a hard time or something bad happens in their life, that it doesn't hit them in such a way that they find support where we're needed. And we as an organization, that's my big belief, also have a responsibility for this and to make sure that people who have had a misfortune in their life um, are able to take that up and, and we're able to take them up and support them in living a, a happy life. Because I saw that with my father, even though there were lots of things he couldn't do anymore, but he was really, he is still a really, really happy man. And, and, and then that's great to see, even though you had such a life-changing experience. Um, so I think that brings us on to our next question is, you know, what can we do from an ally's perspective to make DGF more an inclusive, inclusive organization? I believe in the value and in the power of sharing stories because you can only put yourself in someone else's shoes when you hear someone has a different experience than yours. So I think I see a value, like, let's say, from HR and from my role even, like from our communications role, on keep on sharing the stories and then getting to, to all the places we have employees in. And some those, some, sometimes those small stories can change someone else's perspective. And I think like being an ally is as well giving a voice sometimes to people that are afraid or sometimes don't know how to share their experiences. So I feel like uh, that could be one thing that we could or we should still do more in our organization as allies. I think that uh there's a couple of things that we're already focusing on, a couple of very important. One is culture, it's mindset. We're doing a lot on communication, and we're driving this, this also down in the organization. Uh, the awareness and the possibilities that we have. Yeah. Second thing is, uh, is, is work on the organizational setup. That means that we have processes in place that we discussed earlier. For example, women on short lists, having equal opportunities, making sure these organizational steps are always taken. Mm -hmm. uh, and the third one is show that we do it. <laughs> it's living the example. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if you spread a word and you don't commit to it or you don't effectuate it, it's a dead word. Um, so, so our leadership plays a, a vital role in living this. Mm -hmm. And in my role, it's important to talk about these things. It's important also to 
explain things what we are doing and explain also the journey we are on because this is something which will be handed over to the generations after us and they will continue doing it and they will continue looking it's a bit also like the sustainability roadmap we're on where we'll have, we'll have to hand something over but we'll, we are preparing everything at the moment and I think we can't stop doing enough on it and we will probably and we'll be doing and we, we will do enough on it but it's it's a good feeling to know that we're doing something which is really important which is again supporting our first bottom line and that is the most important thing the easiest thing also for us to interact with and that's why it's so important that's why we need to continue on this journey and that's why we need to really enforce that more and walk the talk and do all the right things and use all the words we can use to really be a role model and bringing this that the organization sees it, understands it, and if they see and understand and talk about it, then the, the things the things go from there. And leadership plays a huge role in it, and it can only encourage every leader, and we have luckily so many leaders in our organization, to really take this up and use it in his daily routines and use it in his daily way of working. And, and I think really important for leaders to have to be able to have inclusive conversations with their teams, and, you know, and be the voice for underrepresented groups. And, you know, there's studies that have actually showed that 92% employees in organizations actually believe that we're allies. Um, and I think the key is really when it comes down to it, they indicate that 29% will only call out, you know, an implicit bias when they see it. So I think that's something for all of us to consider that, you know, I think one step, one day at a time, one moment is really when we can all make a difference and just be the voice for, for others. Thank you all for listening to this episode. Next month, we will have two more board members sharing the roundtable with our DNI allies. Until we speak again, remember, diversity and inclusion is part of our DNA.